Subscribe to the Open's official YouTube channel to enjoy the best video content from golf's original championship, including official films dating back to 1970, full final rounds from past Opens, a range of compilations showcasing memorable moments, highlights from the 151st Open, and much more. Subscribe today to ensure you don't miss a thing. You're listening to The Open Podcasts. Welcome to the 151st show presented by Lock Lomond Whiskies. It is the Friday of the 151st Open here at Hoylake. The sun has been shining, a little bit breezy, but it's absolutely gorgeous. For now, the weekend may be a little different. I'm Marcus Buckland, standing on the first fairway, uh, just in front of one of the 82 bunkers at Hoylake, and we're going to be talking bunkers in just a moment with the bunkers. Sophie Walker, a star of the Ladies' European Tour for many years and now a top coach, broadcaster, ambassador, the lists are endless, and even better lists here for Peter Finch, who's a YouTuber, a podcaster, a broadcaster, a coach. This man does just about everything, and you've been live at the range all this week. How much fun has that been? Uh, yeah, it's been all right. I mean, I've not swore once, and they've <laughs> not kicked me off air, so I guess it's not been going too badly. Uh, apart from behaving well, have you had any interesting guests got up to anything particularly yeah, noteworthy? Yeah, to be honest, it's been a bit of a weird one because I, I don't really do that many kind of like interview type um, things. So to actually be in and amongst all the pros and to get uh, a mic handed to me and say, oh, you know, you, you're interviewing Rory in two minutes is uh, it's a little bit unnerving. Um, but I've managed to hold it together. That was probably the the scariest bit though because I'm on with Di Stewart and she was like leading the interviews and then she went in there introduced us and she was asking some questions that I could see her ready to throw to me and literally all through my mind was just white noise didn't couldn't think of anything to say to him apart from I love you Rory which I managed to keep in just about well, I, I told had, him after I had that with Colin Montgomery who was on the show yesterday my hero but I, I think I I wasn't too much of a fanboy actually Sophie your your all-time golfing hero or heroine who would it be Oh, it, obviously Tiger Woods, but I, it was Annika Sorensen in the, the female game, and a couple of weeks ago I had exactly the same as yeah, you, yeah, Peter. I'd probably be the same with Annika. Yeah. And uh, normally the in-round interviews, you catch them on maybe the fourth or the fifth hole, so you've got some time to get into it. And they got me to interview her off the first tee shot. <laughs> and as I walk mm. up to her, she goes, what, now? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, oh, now. <laughs> well, you know... you Got to be professional, whoever you're talking to. Should just mention that uh, the last group, last tee off time, 60 minutes past four again, went past us not so long ago. So there is an awful lot of golf still to be played. And for the final day's leaderboard, head to the open.com or the official app. And if any stories break over the next half an hour or so, we will, of course, bring them to you. Now, I mentioned that we were going to be talking about bunkers. And be careful here, Peter. I don't want you falling into one. But there was a, a degree of controversy on day one because there were some noteworthy casualties uh, in terms of huge numbers being racked up, particularly when you were at the face of one of these things. So what has changed today? Um, well, the first of all, I think it was probably just about the right decision. I, I, as much as I'd love to see utter carnage, 
it was almost getting a tiny bit unfair because like players were literally just dropping in the back or dropping in the front and it wasn't that it was rolling near the front of the bunker it was literally almost underneath the face and it was just impossible to get out so what they've done is they've raked it a little bit more so there's a little bit more of a slope at the front and the back so the ball rolls a tiny bit more towards the center but it's not they've not done it loads like it still will fall in and stick near the side so it's just getting that balance right yeah and, and we heard i mean the plan when this course was built when all these bunkers were pit, put here i mean they were to penalise and in some courses around the world of course you're quite happy to see a bull nestling in the sand clearly not at Hoylake and, and that's got to be the right thing hasn't it Sophie? Look bunkers should be penal it, it should be a, a penalty where you might have to come out sideways or advance it 20 yards but yesterday if you can imagine it was at like a 90 degree angle whereas now it's a half pipe so if it does hit the wall it'll come back a couple of feet into a half decent spot by no means a decent spot and when you come to an open championship you might see a couple of people having an awkward stance one leg in one leg out over 72 holes but yesterday we saw guys putting it we saw Rory straddling Justin Thomas doing the splits like a baby giraffe that was all on the first day demonstrate for us please oh no not that. in fact I'd probably do it in these pants but no we don't want that continuously we want it a couple of times to make it fun but we don't want to make it unfair and there were times yesterday that it did become unfair yeah i think that's key isn't it you don't you want to be able to challenge these players but you don't want two players going in the same bunker and one being right up against the lip and then one being another three foot back and actually having a shot out you know if, if players hit it in the bunker it should be penal but another player shouldn't be penalised more mm. you know it should be fair within that that setting that situation so yeah I think I think it's just about I think it's just about the right call you know what's always a little um, alarming when one of your camera operators just walks away while you're chatting and I, I think well I'd like to think it's not because David was bored with our conversation but obviously after all these issues in the sand he's going to head off to the practice screen he, he tends to divert to other places as well. He spent an awful lot of time in the Loch Lomond Whiskey Bar yesterday. He insisted that he didn't touch anything from the host. But anyway, we'll get some interesting stuff, I hope, from David. Now, what about the weather? We weren't sure this morning. Paul Eels, when we huddled around the first tee just after seven o'clock, was moaning about the conditions. But here we are, mid-afternoon. It's been delightful, hasn't it? I couldn't believe it. We had spots of rain. I had the thermal on, the woolly hat, ready to go and watch Victor Hovland. And I said to Carl, who was uh, commentating with me, as we walked down the second hole, this is as warm as we're going to get. It's, as soon as we get out there by the estuary, it'll be blowing a gale, it'll be freezing. Well, I was absolutely roasting out there. I had three layers on and a woolly hat. And I stood on the ninth tee and it was tropical. This isn't the sun that we expected. It certainly is the wind, but that will dry out the golf course. Obviously tomorrow we are going to get that rain, but it means that in what you would say perfect links conditions, two, three club wind, sunny conditions, the scoring is still a lot higher than you would expect, but it's been two great days of watching golf in some glorious sunshine. Yeah, which does make you wonder what might happen, Peter, over the weekend if and when the rain arrives and the wind gets up? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, tomorrow looks utterly grim, doesn't it? Um, so if you're out playing in that type of rain, I think we're looking at about 15 mil of rain. So that is 
quite a deluge to come down but i think it is spread throughout the day so i don't think there's any danger of the course being closed but the course is going to soften up which is a bonus but with that rain coming down constantly you know three four under is going to be a good score which i kind of think probably plays into the hands of brian Harmon because he now doesn't really have to go chasing you know he can just hold his position he can try and uh kind of knock off a couple of birdies but really it's up to everybody else now to chase him and looking at the scores this afternoon even though the conditions are quite nice really no one's pressing him too much yeah well he is the man that everybody is talking about he started his second round at four under par he shot a six under 65 and of course peter who knows a thing or two told us just before we began this podcast oh yeah he was my outside bet. Why didn't you tell us? Listen, I'm all, all I'm. I have to fully admit though, when the podcast that we do, one of my guys, Jacob, he crunches all the numbers, and you know there were the usual people to pick from. You know, we have Fleetwood, we had Rory, all the rest of it, but Brian Harmon was one of the top five picks, and we really couldn't figure out why, <laughs> but he has quite a good record in the Open over the last few years and around just generally around links courses and there was a few other things about uh finishing in top 25 of previous events there was a whole matrix that went into it which i'm not going to pretend to be smart enough to understand but no well you, you're right about his uh, recent rounds at the open bit of homework we gave to sophie yeah, pretend this is an exam can you remember what he shot in his last five rounds at the <laughs> open the pressure's on here sophie i can remember that they were all in the 60s did it start 68 yes 69 no Oh, okay. 68, 68, 66, 67, 65, and of course he finished tied sixth at St Andrews. There you go. So if he does a couple more in the 60s, he will be the Open champion. Well, shortly after stepping out of the recorder's hut, the American talked through his round with, live at the ranges, George Harper Jr. Yeah, played played really well, struck it well. Um, when I got a position, which you're inevitably, inevitably going to do here, I was able to make pars, and uh, it seemed like when I got some birdie looks, I made them, and then to finish with an eagle in 18 was nice. <laughs> That's right. There was four birdies in a, in a row near the start of your round, and then 12 pars. It must have been an interesting day, and then obviously finishing with a bang. Well, it's it, there's some really hard holes in that back nine, so uh, really just kind of trying to hang on there for a little while. You want to play aggressive as you can, but not you know give anything away. And I made some really nice par saves, and and then 18. It's a, it's a nice win for me. It's off, you know, down off the left, so I was able to try and hit it hard as I could on on the tee, and then hit a really nice five iron. How does it feel with a packed house on the 18th green to in an eagle putt like that? I, I enjoy playing over here so much. The fans are so knowledgeable. They've got, you know, they just they they know when good shots. You know, sometimes you'll hit a four iron to 30 feet, and everybody claps. It's it's nice to play in front. Of them. Now it's our fault. We should have looked at his recent scores a little more closely. He did come tied six 12 months ago. Uh, have you any concerns that maybe he'll feel the pressure this time around and not be able to take it throughout the weekend? Not really, no. He, he doesn't strike me as the type of character that backs up. You know, he's pretty tenacious. So if he can avoid any kind of blow-up holes, which is possible around this course, which is one reason why I think we're not seeing those scores get that low, because there is a lot of danger here. Um, I think the course... The course this year, compared to how I played it in previous years, just it feels like a lot harder. They've added a little bit of length, obviously. It's up near 7,300 yards, which for a Lynx course is really long. And if it rains tomorrow like it's forecast to do, it's going to make it even longer. That's the only issue for Harmon, because he's not 
a big power hitter. Mm. You know, he relies on his accuracy and he relies on his, quite frankly, unbelievable putting. Like he is a, as good as put, a good a putter as there is in the field. He's a better putter than Cam Smith this week. The only reason he doesn't really get the plaudits for it is the putter he uses is horrendous. It looks like a brick on the end of a stick and it just doesn't look nice. But he just rolls the rock so well. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, although Brian Harmon wasn't amongst your 65 suggestions to win the Open, I must give you credit, Sophie, because Min Woo Lee was, and he rocked up with a 3 under 68 today. There you go. He, he listened, didn't he? Uh, one of my 65 picks. Number 47 in the world, Scottish Open champion, flights a hell of a golf ball. He's, he's just a slight guy and he's like a rubber band. He can hit this, he's got this two iron, three iron that he crushes off the tee. Grew up in Perth, Australia. Top 10 at the US Open quite recently. And what, what Pete was saying, coming into an Open, you don't want to find form, you want to be in some form. His sister is a two-time major champion, Minji Lee, his elder sister. And like any younger sibling, he wants to replicate what, what she's done. And I can see him getting a major championship, maybe not multiple ones, but if there is one, it's this one. He, he's a great player. We, we've, you've, done, you've seen him done some, on bits on YouTube and stuff like that. He's, he's, a, he's a good guy. He gave Ricky yeah. a good go, didn't he, yeah, when they yeah. played we, together? We were trying to on the range as well. We did a... There's like a feature where the guys are getting mic'd up and we could talk to him and like talk through the game as they're warming up and game and practicing. And he was flushing it. Like it was middle of middle. And it was interesting what he was saying. He was taking out his three wood and having a two and a three iron in. Uh, because what he was saying is that realistically with the bunkers, when he was hitting drive, he was carrying them. And the three wood was kind of putting it in the danger area. So it was exactly what you'd find on yeah, the first. Exactly. So it was one of the two things. Now, if that's changed or not since I think Tuesday when we chatted to him, I'm not sure because the conditions have changed. I think um Minji's actually coming up for the weekend as well to watch. Oh that'd so, be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's um, the the Evian, which is the major next week and that's over in Central Europe and then she'll be playing a couple of weeks in Britain. So that'd be nice that um she comes and supported him. She's caddied for him at the par three at Augusta National as well. Extra incentive for yeah, Minwoo Lee to go well. The whole thing's becoming a real family affair. Of course, we've got the Fitzpatrick brothers. Um, and we've got brothers here, there and everywhere. Now we've got a brother and sister combination. Somebody else I want to ask you about is Tom Kim. Also shot a 68 today, so he's neatly tucked in at even par. Going under the radar a little bit, but is he somebody we should keep a close eye on? No. Um, if I'm, Thanks for your honest if, answer. If, um, <laughs> if, if I'm being honest with you, I know he's like carrying a bit of an injury on his um, on his foot, and it's, he's just a little bit erratic over the first few days. Listen, he's a great player. He's everybody around level par one under two, and they're all capable of making a charge. But he wouldn't be my pick from that group to actually do it. I followed him in a, a practice round with Scotty Scheffler and Scotty Scheffler acts as his big brother out here on tour and links golf, Tom Kim, <laughs> he doesn't know very well and they're on the 17th, the, the, the short par three and Scotty Scheffler, they do a five iron challenge and Scotty Scheffler says, right, we've got to hit a five iron, it's 136 yards and Thomas Dietrich does it and then Scotty Scheffler has a go and Tom Kim looks at Scotty and goes, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, the lad's never manufactured golf <laughs> shots. He's, he's a PGA Tour player, he's smashed it on the Asian Tour. This type of weather he's not used to and tomorrow I don't think he'll like no. it. I mean, I'd, I'd absolutely love to be wrong, by the way. I, I'd love it if he came through, but yeah, like Sophie said, I don't, 
is going to need some more Another experience. guy that's not too long off the tee. No, no. Well, if you have a look at the whole leaderboard, um, there's a lot of plotters on there. And that maybe just speaks to the type of course that we're playing here. Honestly, it's the strategic nature of Hoylek, I think, has come to the fore more this year than perhaps in previous years. Yeah. It's a really, really good challenge. And the players are, apart from the bunkers, which a few have had a moan about, the players are actually really warming to it. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. I said you mentioned Scotty Scheffler, one of the latest starters, Jordan Spieth was certainly looking terrific during his front nine. Don't forget for the final day leaderboard, you can get all the information on theopen.com and via the official app as well. But I think we're going to have a lot of very interesting names and some surprising names, certainly in contention, going into the third round. Now, a couple who fell away a little, Emiliano Emiliano, Emiliano, Emiliano Grillo. It's, uh, there's too many L's in that name. Double bogey on the second set him back difficult to regain your momentum after that isn't it he, he didn't look very happy on the range he was one of the first ones out he had four layers on a bobble hat a schnood to be honest i turned up at the range and i was like whoa, whoa this, this might be a bit of a tricky morning um in all fairness though yeah he, he had a rough start but he, he managed to stick around i think that's the key like if you have a double bogey early on it can be quite easy to let the round slip away so he was able to stick around and yeah, I'm not saying he's going to win by any means, but at least he gave himself a chance moving into the weekend. Yeah, Adrian Otegi was looking good until we sent Raymond Burns out to watch him, at which point he promptly dropped a couple of shots just to drift away, although he's not completely out of contention at this stage. Well, first thing this morning, Adrian Otegi, he had his T-shirt on. Everyone else was in those four layers, and he's from San Sebastian, uh, North Spain, a little bit like John Rahm, so this type of weather he was he was finding. And then the sun came out yeah. and Raymond went to watch and, and it all went wrong. But I just think it, it shows what this golf course can do to you. You can be going quite nicely and it just eats away at you. And once you make one bogey, two bogey, I saw it with Victor Hovland today. There's some real tough stretches in this golf course, especially heading into the back nine. And if it's not the stuffing out of you, by the time you get to 15, which is the downwind par five, where you're thinking it could be birdie or eagle, you're tired, you're beaten up, you're on the ropes and you can't get off them. And then you're making pars or even forcing it and trying to make a bogey, which is exactly what Tony Finau did. He needed to make the cut. He finds the bunker off the tee and they're so penal. You're not getting to the greens in two, sometimes not even three. Yeah. Now, talking of up and down rounds, Max Homer started the day at three under. He had five pars, six birdies, six bogeys and a double bogey. It meant that he finished the day at one under. Yeah. Typical round in your career? <laughs> no, I was a bit boring and steady. I didn't make too many birdies or bogeys. And, but Max, Max is, um, I followed Max yesterday and I thought he played great from 185 to 200 yards. His approach shots were phenomenal. And, and we were walking down the back of uh, the 16th green today walking with our group down 18 and Homer just flushed a long iron for well well outside 200 yards all over the flag and it just ran through and I don't know if he dropped a shot on 16 or not, he didn't actually get to see the putt, but he's hitting it nicely and the fact that he's made all those birdies I think is significant because that shows that he, he's playing well and, and for the weekend, look, he needs some decent results in majors. The no laying up boys are giving him quite a lot of grief mm, by are. saying, when is this going to happen, Maxie? You've won on the PGA Tour now. Can you only win in California? What about the west coast of England? Can you win there as well? 
Yeah, well, as you say, he's, he's not out of it. He's at minus one. Now, forgive me for looking down at my notes here as we come to Tyrrell Hatton, who has finished at plus two and finished with a horror hole, the 18th. The first tee shot sliced right into the out of bounds. His provisional ended up in the same place. Then his third tee shot smacked way left, took two shots to reach the green from there, two putted on the green, quadruple bogey nine. And uh, that's not the first nine we've seen. Nope. Uh, JT had one of those last night. In fact, in a period of about 20 minutes on Thursday evening, JT and Phil Mickelson, between them, I think had 17 shots on the 18th hole. But for Tyrrell Hatton, probably a good idea for everybody to leave him alone for a, a few hours after that. Yeah, I would, I would say so. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, it's not... It's tough, isn't it? Because obviously having a nine for a tour pro, it's not a great look, but it can happen quite easily. I mean, as Sophie was saying, the actual closing stretch of this hole, like 15 to 18, there's so much that can happen. Like, there's no score that is going to be safe. Like, you could head quite easily into 16 with a five-stroke lead and not win this event, which is why it's going to be exciting. Like... 15, yes, you can make a bird, you can make it eagle. 16 is a tough par four back into wind. 17 could literally take your soul. And then 18, if you're not if you're not feeling a straight drive and you are leaking it a little bit off to the right hand side, the outer bounds look so close. Yeah. And you know, you know when you watch Augusta, so this year at the Masters, John Rahm gets through 15 and I turn the TV off yeah, and go to bed because no it's like, well, the last three mm, yeah. at Augusta, they, they've got through that tricky stage and, and couldn't be more opposite here. You've got that eagle chance on 15 if the winds stay the same. And then, like you said, Pete, the last three holes can be so brutal and yeah. you might not even hit a bad golf shot. The, the drama as well is, obviously you've got JT, you've got these players making a nine, you've got Harm today making an eagle. So it is possible to actually make a really good score. We've had a hole in one at the 17th as well. There's so much that can happen. It, honestly, as far as like a dramatic finish goes, this could be the most dramatic open that we have. But if you have a two-shot lead stood on the 18th, you're hitting it so far left down the first. Just hit this. I'm hitting <laughs> you, the 7 nine You are path. hitting it here. Right six. here. Par six. Easily. Well, you can actually Ma like... Matthew Jordan did that. Matthew Jordan made a double on 17 today and he stood on that 18th tee box and hit it over the ice cream and mac and cheese. Yeah. Basically to the first green, as far left as he could get and then played it that way. And then played it straight down, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad way to go. The actual rough down here as well, it kind of grows towards the green. So even if you find a little bit of squiffy light, you should be able to get a flyer and chase it. It's the problem with the 18th as well. You've got that out of bounds on the right off the tee, and it just carries on all the way down the right hand side. Oh, yes. Like for a little slicer like me, it's, it's terrifying. No, well, I'm sure no one is going to turn off their app or however you're listening to us on Sunday afternoon. Of course, we'll have live coverage from 9 a.m. Saturday and Sunday. Roars in the background. Oh, you always want to know exactly who is, <laughs> who is it. What have they done? What about. It's what? a Tommy Roar. That sounded a bit Tommy It Tommy is a Tommy Roar. Oh, yes, it's on the monitor. Tommy, who uh, dropped under. a shot Tommy's early to on four. today and obviously dropped another one since then, but back to four under, so he's hanging in there. We were asked, we got several emails this morning about what's his hair looking like. Well, it's, it's like the lion's mane, as always. Nothing changes with regards to that. What about Rory McIlroy? Was that another typical sort of major round for the Irishman today? Yeah, nearly, but but not quite. A couple of missed putts and opportunities that if he's oh, going to win it this hang weekend. Hang on, sorry, hang on, sorry, but you know, David, if, if we ignore him, oh, sorry. he'll get upset. I just thought it was Pete Finch's fan club. 
Well, no, we've we've had to lock that individual away for the next <laughs> um, couple of hours. Yeah, hello, David. Carry on. Get better shots than us, surely. Sorry, Seth. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, Rory, Rory McIlroy. Rory, one under. One under. Anything under par going into the weekend, be delighted with, and he'll feel like he left shots out there over the past couple of days. And maybe the likes of Brian Harmon won't feel that. He feels like I played great, and this is where I am. Rory will have the opportunity to hopefully hold a few more putts. But he was playing behind our group today, and especially on this first hole, we're on this second tee watching our group, and Rory's ball just. It's colossal down this first fairway. He's hit it 20, 30 yards longer than anyone else in our group. And we have Victor Hovland, who is a, is a big hitter. So if the driver behaves the way it is, he just needs the putter to warm up. And we're in for another Rory McIlroy big, big weekend. And I think at majors, that's what we've been saying a lot. He's had himself in contention. He was the final pairing, obviously, at St Andrews. He was in the final pairing, well, second to last pairing at the, the PGA and the US Open. He's up there all the time now. And that's all he can ask for, just to be in the conversation on a Sunday afternoon. And the weather tomorrow, it's not Rory weather, is it? That's it, where I'm a bit worried about. The only thing you say with the weather tomorrow, because it is going to soften up, that will play into I his. Don't like the rain though. He'll uh, play into his hands Come as far as carry this. to deal with a bit of rain, okay. Sophie. Yeah, you know, you got you got Harry Diamond. He knows how to operate an umbrella. He'll keep everything dry. Yeah. But I think with I think with Rory, I mean, the way he's actually struck it, he's left shots out there, but he's actually made some really good saves as well. Like it's it's not been vintage, but we've almost got to. I think the guys chasing Harmon have almost got to ignore him a little bit and just trust that he may come back to them. Like if if he goes out there and shoots another low round, then. You know, he's, he's definitely got one and a half hands on the jug. So they've just got to go out there, try and get around what you're looking at, six, to give themselves a chance and then hope that, they, that, hope that Harmon comes back. Yeah, and, and as you say, you know, those last three holes Sunday, he could still have his five-shot lead and it might not be enough for him. So it's going to be fascinating. Ah, David's back. I know if you're listening only to the podcast, you'll start to get a bit confused. But David, who he's got this really jazzy camera. And if you haven't seen our, our first couple of podcasts, do check them out via your usual provider. It twirls, it tweaks. I mean, it does all sorts of things. It, it even makes me look okay. So it's got to be a magical thing. It's anyway, got a filter on it. All right, it? that's enough. No need for that. Rory knows what it's like to hoist the claret jug above his head here at Hoylake. So does he think he is going to be in the mix again? I might be nine back, but I don't think there's going to be a ton of players between me and the lead going into the weekend. So um, it depends what the conditions are tomorrow. Obviously, it depends what Brian does as well. So um, right now, it's, it's not quite out of my hands, but at the same time, um, you know, I think if I can get to three, four, five under par tomorrow, um, going into Sunday, you know, I'll, I'll have a really good chance. Always like listening to Rory. Going to enjoy watching him over the weekend, whatever happens. Before we do anything else, Al, our producer, he's he's very caring and he's worried. He's worried that you're going to go flying into that bunker and yeah. never reappear. So yeah, well, we do seem to have edged ever close to. I mean, again, if you are uh, watching this rather than listening, we are stood in. Uh, to be honest, I think this is what makes the bunkers at Hoylake really interesting because the actual collection area starts about six foot right of where Sophie's standing. So even though it's only a small bunker, the actual area that the ball will fall into, it's much wider. Or people will yeah. fall into it, it's much yeah. wider. By the way, um, Maureen Medill, wonderful commentator who's with the Open Radio team this week, described the riveted faces as like chocolate fudge cakes. Is, is that a good comparison? I'd go uh, a wafer. 
I mean, all I said, if that's her idea of a chocolate fudge cake, I'm not going round to hers for tea. Do you remember yeah. a time out? Oh, yeah, Inside yeah, yeah. Time out. Time oh, chocolate yeah. Yes. But yes. all of those things are quite pleasant. That's not pleasant, is it? No. It's like uh, a other chocolate bars are available, by the way. Yeah, it's like a fudge cake that might have been left out for like six months. It's gone a bit stale. Yeah, and like you don't want to go near it. Come on, Maureen, up your game when it comes to your a bit comparisons. Like Tell you, I, I do have this childish urge to throw somebody into a bunker, and it's not going to be you, Peter. What? Now, John Rahm played with McElroy today at plus two bogey on the 18th. Steam was coming out of his ears after his first round. Got the putter going today but it never quite seems to happen for him just at the moment well obviously at the beginning of the year and he lights out golf won a won a green jacket and everyone's like well he's going to win all four isn't he and it's just cycles in golf and that was where he was at his peak we saw him dominate uh, last year as well he, he's, he's a brilliant golfer and, and maybe we get carried away with the last champion so we're, now everyone's Wyndham Clark and Rory McIlroy wins on Sunday and suddenly he's in our minds for the Open Championship. Ram's not played a lot of golf this year. He, he played Travellers, missed the cut, he's not missed the cut in two years, he's only played about six PGA Tour events this year, it's, it's not a lot since, since Augusta. So he's, he's coming in maybe slightly un undercooked, I don't think you can play this course when you've, you've not had a scorecard in your hand for a while, like Pete's saying, it's, it's very strategic and it might have been a, you know, just a touch of frustration out there because many people said if it, if it gets firm and windy, this is the golf course for John Rahm. Like Rory needs it to be a bit damp. We didn't have that. This is set up ideally for John Rahm. I mean, the way he was striking his tee balls earlier in the year, he was on a rope at 320. Mm -hmm. And it's just not quite happened for him so far this week. In terms of, sorry, I was going to say, Peter, just in terms of that scheduling, why has he decided not to play too much? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's had really any injury issues, so I, I don't really know. But I think with this, like, let's be honest, Tiger kind of ruined it, didn't he, for everybody? Because Tiger, when he was in his pomp, when he was playing in his best, he won all the time. It was expected that he won all the time. And everyone's searching for the next Tiger, where it's just not going to happen. You know, at the top of the game now, we've just got several exceptional golfers who, like Sophie said, are going to go through cycles. Like, it's impossible to be winning every single week. The only player who could be winning every single week at the moment is Scotty Scheffler, but he literally can't put. So... <laughs> If he was to actually get something that worked, like if he had Brian Armand's putted, he would have won 14 times this year. So it's unfair to kind of expect these golfers to be just going out there and dominating. It just doesn't happen like that anymore. Actually, I don't want David to go away because, and again, this will not be great if you're just listening to the podcast, but you've got a bit of a John Rahm beard. I mean, is, is, is your facial hair inspired by the great Spaniard? Um, I, I wish my golf was inspired by him. Um, no, this is this is me. Just well, I can't shave. Like if I shave tonight, it'd be back like this in the morning. So oh. it just stays like that. You've been go, on I'm the range since five a.m. every yeah. morning. I'm going to go time. for the John Rahm dad bod. That's what I'm kind of really going for. Yeah, well, but, I mean, with the beard, you just got to build it up a bit, haven't you? And on, over the cheekbones. Yeah, it just looks a bit sketchy up there. I don't know why my cheeks don't like hair. Like the rest of my face loves it, but <laughs> my cheeks reject it. I tell you what, while I ask the next question, Al, whose uh, phone I'm using, I didn't want to be a Luddite with bits of paper. It's, it's locked me out, so if you could just do something with that. Victor Hovland, even par today. You followed him around. What's the verdict? He got it going. He got it to minus three and was hitting the ball beautifully well. And 
had a string of bogeys. He had three bogeys in five holes. And I was saying about that bit around the golf course can can really hurt you. The 12 and 14, they're dog legs from right to left, but the wind is pumping from left to right. The same on the 13th as well. And he, he was pushing it all day long. He was taking on these bunkers. So the first few holes, we kept looking up, me and Carl, who was commentating on him, thinking, he's only three yards short of that bunker. Oh, he's just snuck past that bunker. And then eventually he started to find them. But you kind of have to go after this course a little bit off the tee, else you stood there with 240 in. He came back well. He had uh, a good eagle chip, actually, on 15 that, that nearly went. So he made that guaranteed birdie there. And then down 16, he hit the most wonderful long iron in there. It fizzed. It didn't look like it went any higher than my head height. It went past me. And he thought... Very low then. Yeah, very low. Very Through the wind. Through <laughs> the wind. And then he drops a, a, a... Well, not a silly shot on 17, but just a floaty shot in there. It was whenever he... He made a bogey. He did come back with a birdie. He's not played himself out of it. And this guy is brilliant. We're talking about how Scott Scheffler is, is dominant, really. But in the last four majors, he's minus 27 to par going into this week. Crazy. Only second to Scotty Scheffler. He's been up there in all of the majors. He's, he's absolutely flushing it. And there is only a matter of time. And if there is a, a question mark, it's always been around the green. And, and here, you're either in a bunker or you're putting. So yeah. that would play into yeah, yeah. Hovland's hands. Yeah, OK. Well, a mixed day for him. Cam Smith, the defending champion, out late. So again, go to theopen.com or the official app to find out how he got on. Patrick Cantlay made a horror start. So he was playing catch-up almost from the word go. Likewise, Christo... Lamprecht, the South African amateur who led the way with his five under yesterday, but it kind of went off the rails almost from the word go. And it must be so dispiriting in a way, Peter, when, when you've got your name up in light, everybody's suddenly talking about you. I mean, you're six foot eight, so you, you're dominating the place anyway. And, you know, almost from the word go today, he was he was stumbling backwards. Yeah, I, listen, I, I don't think anyone realistically expected him to stay at the top of the league. Like him, maybe for a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, two holes. Uh, but no, I think I think for him, you know, yesterday was a little bit of a free hit. Um, you know, there was no real expectations. Yes, he's the amateur champion, but you know, everyone's looking at the big professional players. But last night he would have had to sleep on leading the Open. Uh, well, potentially not sleep on leading the Open, mm -hmm. and then come out here in a position that he's never been. It's, it's going to make people uncomfortable and to see him kind of fall back it's unfortunate but not unexpected and i don't think he's going to be too i don't think by the end of the week he's not going to be custody if he makes the cut and he wins the silver medal it's been a fantastic tournament yeah well talking of the cut of course it's still a bit of guesswork for us but as we record this podcast it looks as though it's probably going to be plus three yeah, yeah. somewhere in that region in which case colin morikawa champion from two years ago it's not going to be here at the weekend. He birdied 18, but at plus four, he's fretting about his hotel room just at the moment. Yeah, I don't know if it'll go to four or not. Like where we're stood at the moment, it's in the, it's it's out of the wind and it still feels windy here. As you, as you get out there onto the back nine, it is, it's really really windy. But at the beginning of the week, we spoke about what this golf course suits. 
and nobody said anybody that hits it from left to right just because coming down that back nine the wind is from the west and it's a horrible wind to, to go at when you've got a left to right shot you need to be able to hold the ball up from right to left and Colin Morikawa hits a fade a very reliable fade we've seen Dustin Johnson struggle this week as well and I was out with him yesterday and just didn't look the golf course for him no well he uh, he's hanging around hoping Tony Finau's probably at the airport by now six over Justin Thomas 11 over now he has been struggling for a while Peter can can you put your finger on what has gone so wrong for JT of late <laughs> his ball striking is just it, um, dropped off a cliff is pretty extreme I'm not going to say that but it's definitely not to the standards that he would expect of himself his short game's very good his putting is a little bit hit and miss but kind of looking at JT's demeanour on the range and from what other people are saying I think it's a little bit more kind of mentality at the moment he's just he just doesn't feel like his game's in the right place and that's feeding through but you know we're talking about a player who literally won a major last year you know he, he's not this isn't him kind of like signing out a professional golf. He'll be back. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Every player goes through a spell where they're not playing well, and his just seems to be lasting throughout this season. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't think anyone should be too worried about him. No. Well, form is temporary, class is permanent. And talking about the ups and downs, uh, Sahith Tigala had a shocker yesterday. Today he shot a 68. Won't be enough at plus five, which... Is a shame. Um, I've got a, a couple of young friends who are massive Tagala fans. There's, there's something about him. I, I wish he was going to be here for the weekend. <laughs> he just—I mean, Lynx Golf is so unpredictable. He shows like yesterday when he, <laughs> yesterday on the range when we were watching him, he was hitting it unbelievably well. Like honestly, flushing it every time. Bang, 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 bang. I was like, well, like, when he goes out, oh, best watch out. He's going to shoot a good score. Yeah. Obviously, has an absolute shocker this morning. <laughs> His warm-up with his driver consisted of a snap hook into the car park, a sky, and then a slice. And I was like, whoa, this boy's going to shoot in the 80s. And there he goes, shooting a 68. So, you know, it just shows what can happen when he actually go out on the course. Yeah. So, in other words, don't bother practicing. Oh, it's a waste of time. My, my approach has, has been vindicated. Car park golf swings. The best thing, actually, is to go in a net, because then you can put some swings on it, get warmed up, and it, everybody hits it good from five yards don't they <laughs> it goes relatively straight yeah. hopefully well listen thank you very much guys have you noticed that that peter's back in front of the bunker can we you guys I mean, are rolling this, downhill this would, this this would make quite That's good television like here. the bunkers they're like magnets will we be thrown off the course if we throw him in I mean, it's not a good way to treat Wait a, a guest. Wait a minute, there's a camera apparently in 11 of the wall's faces here, but there isn't one there, so we're not, we're not doing okay. it here. You survived because there's no camera. To be honest, I half expected when I turn around then to be shoved in the back. I thought that was a classic <laughs> distraction tactic. Well, listen, Peter, Peter Finch, thank you very much indeed, and there'll be a lot more from you live from the range yeah, throughout the weekend. And Sophie, I'm delighted to say there'll be a lot more from you on the open radio from 9 a.m on Saturday morning. That is it for Friday. Don't forget for the final leaderboard and the cut, well, go to theopen.com or the app. Tomorrow is moving day. Traditionally, we'll be back to round up all the action after players finish. So make sure you subscribe to the Open's YouTube channel. You can see us in our full glory. But for now, from me, Marcus Buckland, thanks for joining us for the 151st show presented by Loch Lomond Whiskies. Woo, yeah! Well done, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh, I wish. If only. Guys, we nailed if it. Only. Oh, my God. They love it. 
This has been an original audio production from The Open. Join the One Club today to enter the 152nd Open ticket ballot and enjoy a new range of exciting benefits, including exclusive offers and competitions, opportunities to secure tea times at iconic open venues, VIP treatment given to members at both professional championships, increased chances of being successful in future ticket ballots. All this and more only at The One Club. Sign up for free today at theopen.com.